And the church said? Amen. Say that one more time. Amen. Wasn't that beautiful? Oh, you sound so beautiful today. Good morning. It's good to see you today. It's good to be back. Don and I were gone for a couple of weeks, and uh, we enjoyed our time away, of course. St. Louis, Kentucky, back to St. Louis, and then home to the beautiful snow that God blessed us with over the past few days. It reminded me of when I was a kid and living in Michigan. I just love the snow and love that time of the year there. <clears throat> I heard about a man who moved into a retirement center. He was a widower, and so he wanted to live out his rest of his days there as the best thing, getting older and the things going on in his life. And it wasn't long before he began to, you know, develop these friendships with others that were there, of course. And there was this one lady that he was especially attracted to, and uh, so much so after uh, some, some time together, um, they finally, one evening he asked her, he proposed to her and said, will you marry him? And uh, the next morning when he woke up, he had a memory loss, as we do sometimes, we get a little older, and he had his memory loss, and he remembers that he proposed, but he could not for the life of him remember if she said yes or no. So he was a little embarrassed, but nonetheless, he goes back to the lady and he said, I'm embarrassed to tell you this, but I proposed to you last night, I remember that clearly, but I can't remember if you said yes or no. To which she simply said, oh, thank goodness, she said. I remember saying yes, but I couldn't remember who asked me. <clears throat> I think sometimes that's the way we might be as Christians, individuals. We forget our commitments that we make. These, um, we call them, at this time of the year, these Resolutions that we're hoping that somehow it's going to change in our life. But here it is, just a few days into the new year, and perhaps you've already forgotten what you said on the first. Just five days ago, you were gung-ho, but now you're like, hmm, let that one slide again. Anybody there but me? Well, it kind of happens in our life. This is our first Sunday, of course, of 2019 together. This is one of my favorite sermons to give. Someone's saying, you mean you've given this one before? Yep, probably all of them I have. But nonetheless, if something's good, you need to, it's okay to do it again, isn't it all right? Sure it is. I like steak, and I probably will have another steak, and hopefully Donna will take me out to lunch and buy me a steak today. So we do that. We modify it a little bit. We try to put that out there. There's, someone said there's only one original sermon and that is the Sermon on the Mount. Everything else is taken from someone else, bits and pieces, thoughts that we might have, pull around and move around. But for today, what I want to do is allow, if you will allow me, if you will, to be a, a coach. Now, we have some coaches that are here, of course, within our uh, church, and they can do a great job of giving, getting up and telling us what it is they do to get ready for the season and how it is they need to do and how they have to develop the game plans and so on so forth. Look at the defense and the offense and how it is sorted out, whether it's uh, what, whatever it happens to be. But today I want to ask you to allow me to be the coach for just a few minutes. And, and not the coach in the sense that I'm taking the place of the shepherds of this wonderful congregation because they know I love them and and I'm pretty sure they love me anyway, but uh, in that process, I want to be able to help you with some things, help us with some things as we kind of move in to this new year together. 
So to set the stage, let me tell you another little funny I found or, or used before. You heard one about a man who walked up to the vending machine. He wanted some coffee, and so he goes up to the vending machine, and he plops in his few quarters there, and no cup comes out. But the machine kicks into action, and it drops out the sugar, and it drops out the cream, and it drops out the coffee, and it all goes right down the drain. He stands back, and he looks at it for a minute, and he says, Wow, now this is what you call real automation. This thing even drinks it for you. Now, I, I share that to say this. Some people want their faith to be like that. They somehow think that it's an automatic thing. They put in a few coins or a deposit here and there, and they think somehow it is in their life going to be this automatic thing that their faith is going to increase by doing just that every now and then, once in a while, whatever the case will be. And they just put in just enough to get by. And that happens on teams as well. Some players, that's all they do, just enough to get by. If you watch them run, they're not running with any passion or whatever it might be. They're just doing it to get through. And those are found out from the coach as they watch and they see things happen in their lives. But oftentimes we do that as Christians. We kind of slow down and we put a deposit here or there thinking that somehow we've gotten through. Well, the truth is you got through last year, didn't you? Sure you did. But you see, growth, spiritual growth in our lives doesn't come automatically. There's something that's required of us as Christians, as children of God. Oh, God saves us. He plants us. He writes our name in the Lamb's book of life. Give me an amen. And with that, we think, wow, then it's finished. But it's not finished because there's work still here to do, things that God has called us to do. Not only in our in obedience to His Word, but obedience and, and love for the church and other people and people that are lost and reaching out and trying to touch them in our lives as well and how we reflect ourselves and how important it is to be at a service for my brothers and sisters, the ones, the pews that are empty or the, the segments that are empty. Somebody was sitting there just a few weeks ago. Who was that? Will you check on them? Will you make the call or will you expect someone else to do it? And sometimes it kind of slips away from us. You hear me often say, if you've been here before, and most of you have, if you hear me often say, there's always room for improvement. Can I hear an amen? amen? And that's what we have in common when we come together as the body of Christ. When everyone comes through that door, it doesn't matter the age, young, old, middle aged, what doesn't matter? We all have something in common, and the thing, one of the things that we have in common is that there's room for improvement in my life. I can improve in the love that I have for other people. How about you? There's room for improvement in my attendance or my giving. There's always room. So there's in this, we have this collectively as a body, but individually, there's always room for improvement. That comes with our spiritual growth. And so in all of that, are you content with your spiritual progress of last year. I'll come back to that in just a moment. My mother used to tell me uh, these things. She would, and I say this, and I, I, I often can't remember if my mom actually said these things or she just taught me these things. You, you know where I'm coming from? I see my mom or my dad taught me this, or they used to say. I'm not sure they always said it, but it came out that to me, and that's how I absorbed it into my life. Anybody following me there? It just works that way. What my mother, I think she used to say, I probably should say, 
I think she used to say, son, in this process, you can be the best you can be, or you can be the best God wants you to be. It's your decision. You see, the truth is, in this 2019, you can be the best that you want to be, or you can be the best that God wants you to be. You decide that. And deciding that takes place even right here today. Last year's gone. This is a new one in that process. So are you content with your growth from last year? It's a good thing to evaluate ourselves spiritually. If not, what do you plan to do to change that this year? To change that. Because if you don't plan to make progress in your spiritual life, guess what? You will not grow spiritually. It just doesn't happen. Look at this scripture from Proverbs 16, 13. There we go. Trust your work to the Lord, and your plans will work out well. Now, all of us want our plans to work out well. Give me an amen. You have some plans this year, this group here? Just give me an amen. Anybody in this group have plans? How about this group? Pretty weak. How about this group? Hey, look at we got a winner over here. So see, what we want is we want our plans to succeed or to turn out well. We really do, don't you? Don't you want to do that? But here's the key. God says, I'm going to give you the key to make that happen. And the key is trust your work. Trust your work to the Lord. You see, the Lord has to be the first thing in your life for your plans to succeed. Now watch this. Your plans, you discover when you do the work of the Lord, you discover something. You know what that is? It's His plan, not yours. When you discover it's His plan, you then can grow to heights unknown. When it's your plan, you can only go to the level in which you are capable of. There's a big difference. A big difference. Listen, something is going to take place this year in your life, there is no doubt. I would like to stand up here and say everything this year for your life is going to come up roses, but it probably won't. However, I can promise you this, that if we plan together nothing, we will certainly miss out on what God has for us because I am a firm believer that God has plenty for us this year for the taking if we plan together and follow through with our commitment to work for the Lord. Amen? All right, so if we want that to happen, it's got us something within us. However, I can promise you this. If we don't plan anything at all, we won't receive what God does have for us. And that was worth emphasizing again. At Western Hills, we were able to accomplish many things last year. We had some plans to accomplish many things. Set forth with those plans. Did we accomplish everything 100%? The answer is no. But we succeeded in many things. And that's what is important. So I want you to come into an agreement with me is that this year we're going to take off from last year and it's going to be like a rocket ship and we are going to do some marvelous things in the kingdom of God right here at Western Hills. Give me an amen. So how's it going to happen? Here comes the coach. I'll give you a couple of things maybe take with you. Maybe we can learn from. The coach. One of the things the coach wants to do every year, and again, the, the Mannings or the Harringtons get up here and they can tell you all kinds of these things that they do. And I don't have time to tell you all of it. 
But I do know that if I was coaching, there's a couple of things I would have to do to set the stage. And one of the first things that I have to do in that process of coaching, coaching you up, one of the things I have to do is get your hopes up. So somehow I have to work with a congregation or work with a group of individuals to get them to do sometimes not what they want to do, Tom Landry said. But in that process, I want to be able to develop that in them so I've got to get your hopes up. In other words, I've got to give you a vision. So the coach tells the assistant coaches, what is our vision? And the coach says, this is our vision. This is our dream. And then those dreams are very important in our life. To dream big. We want our children to dream big in our lives. And so we tell them that. In Romans 15, 13, there you can see it for yourself. Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Now that one is just the opposite of the verse that we gave in the sense that it tells us how we get it at the end rather than at the beginning. You see it? The power comes through who? The Holy Spirit. And so now how do we connect with that Holy Spirit? Because when we connect with the Holy Spirit, He pushes our hope to a brand new level. And that's what we should desire in our hearts. Give me an amen. All right, very good. So far, so good, eh? The end. Let's go eat. No, not yet. So dream big, I say. And you hear me say that often is to dream big. One of the things as adults that we do, and, and I find this kind of weird because I, I love being around little kids. I love being around children. You know that. If you know me, you know that. I love being around them because they're so creative. They haven't lost their imagination. And as adults, sometimes that's the first thing we do is we let our imaginations and our dreams just go, oh, they just kind of disappear on us. But you see, if God has something for us, then God puts that in us. And what we have to do is somehow move that through us to get it out of us. We have to learn to be creative in the kingdom of God. That's why he's given us these great minds, but that's why he gives you the power of the Holy Spirit to carry those things to the forefront that they will come to pass. And then the world sees that something's different about us. If we only do what the world does inside of this building and outside of this building, we are no more than just what the world is. God has called us to dream big. I believe that with all of my heart. If you're going to be a spiritual champion this year for your family, for your community, for your whoever it is, your coworkers, whatever the case is, for your church, if you want to be that spiritual champion, then what we have to do, what we need to do, is we need to learn that in this process, being all that God wants me to be must be my driving factor. There's something within me that wants it more than anything else to have the desires of God and to bring that creativity that God has placed within me to the forefront to give Him glory and praise. Give me an amen. amen. Philippians 3.14 says, I press on. Here's a verse. I'm going to give you a couple of verses today that you can learn for the year. And these are verses that I would encourage you to say every single day. You can teach this particular verse to a five or six-year-old in just a, very, just a few minutes. Now watch how it's broke down here. It says, I press on toward the goal. Say that with me. I press on toward the goal. Pretty easy so far, right? Close your eyes and say it. I press on toward the goal. Very good. So far, so good. 
Now watch this. To with to win the prize. To win the prize. Say it. To win the prize. All right. So I press on to the goal to win the prize for which God has called me. Say it. For which God has called me. So you see, God has called you. God has called you to win a prize. You see it? It's beautiful. But how does it happen? I have to press on. Heavenward in Christ Jesus, it says. Now, let's look at that just for a minute in the part of, of wanting to talk about just the I press on, if you will. And in that, I think that it's very important in our lives. The word press on here, the word press here, means to strain forward. It's reaching for. It's, it's trying its best. It's like one of the Dallas Cowboys. If you're a Cowboys fan, you're probably all happy today. Okay? You, the Seattle Seahawks people, that's where the empty pews are today. They're on, but it's, it's, the, it's the bulb, the receiver that's stretched out seemingly. There's no more, and he just finally grabs a hold of it, touches two feet in, and it's there. And what do we do? Straining with everything. Oh, here's a ball. You don't want to do that. So it's straining. That's what that's talking about. Well, here's the key. You can either strain to what God wants for your life. Strain for it. Lord, I'm reaching for it with all I have. Everything. There's nothing. I'm going to make my fingers longer. That's called growth. Or you can decide not to strain at all, and you can just lean back and try to capture something that's already passed. Something that is not going to benefit you at all, at all. Let's press on. Let's discover what it is that God has for us to capture, to enjoy. In the book of Numbers, you see the Israelite people. They're led out of Egypt, of course, through Mo- or by God, but through Moses, I guess you could say. And for 400 years, they were in captivity. For 400 years, now watch that, for 400 years, what do you think they were passing from one generation to the next? God is mighty. God is a deliverer. God is our God. He will deliver. Somebody's got to be thinking after 50 or 60 or 100 years, where's this God at? Don't you think? You keep telling me, Mom, Dad, Grandpa, Great Grandpa, Great 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 Grandpa. You keep telling me God is great. Where's He at? So God comes in, and we know the story. And now they're let out. Just notice this. Just a few miles outside of their captivity, God set them free. What happens? They become afraid of one little obstacle that they come up against. One little thing. And what do they say? They say, we want to go back. We want to go back. And because they wanted to go back instead of forward, we all know what happened. They lost out on the victories that God had in store for them. It is the same with our lives. It is the same with our lives. Listen to me. Don't ever return to what God has pulled you out of. Some of you in this room, you have some great testimonies. You need to be speaking up. You can tell me, I know some of you in your testimonies, you've told me, and it just astounds me what God pulled you out of there. Anybody, God pulled you out of something that was really, really bad? Anybody out there? You don't want to go back, do you? Huh? Don't go back to what God has pulled you out of. Why? Because what was stinky when you were there, it's stinkier when you go back. That's why. 
God pulls us out of something, not so that we can go back, but that we can go forward with Him. Give me an amen. Good coaches teach that. We may have had a bad last year. It wasn't that good. It may have been even a losing season. But we're not going back. We're going forward. These are obstacles that we've got to go. I've got a bunch of freshmen or I've got a bunch of young people. got a bunch of this and all that. That's okay. We're going to build upon what we have. We're going to build upon what we have. We're going to build that hope up within us. That's what good coaches do. As Christians, I believe that God has plenty of victories for us. And I just believe that he's got some victories right here at Western Hills in 2019. Anybody with me? That's pretty weak. Anybody with me? Oh, that sounds so much better. Listen, listen. You know these, we send out these, people listen to us online or whatever. And when they, when I, when I say, give me an amen, and you go, amen, they can barely hear you on that. They think like three people's here. So this is for all the people that are listening online, even right now, or maybe later on. And the preacher said, amen, and the congregation said, amen. Oh, man, that sounded good, didn't it? Didn't that just sound good? That's right, Exactly. And from now on, I think what we ought to do is just really put our singing on there, too. Because you guys just knock it out of the park, don't they? That is awesome. Thank you so much. So is your spiritual aim high for 2019? If not, why not? A few days ago, our calendars told us that it's the beginning of a new year. And in that beginning of the new year, once again, we make all kinds of wishes for prosperity and successes in our lives, for our children and all those things. I want to do a little bit better. I want to save a little bit more. I want to be able to go camping a little bit more. I want to go on vacation a little bit more. I want to be able to do this. I want to be able to retire. Whatever the case is that you made these, if you will, wishes for. Nothing wrong with that. But here's the question I have for all of us. And all of those things that you talked about that you're really hoping for, for this coming year, this year, in that, anywhere, in those desires, was there anything that might include your spiritual life? And where on the list was it? Listen, anybody is a good shot if they shoot at nothing. Because they always hit their target. As Christians, as Christians, God has called us he has said that we are to desire our spiritual growth and we should always desire spiritual growth in our lives. So dream and dream big so that you can grow spiritually, spiritually big. I finished that and I stopped there when I worked on this message. And then God says, you're not finished, near finished with that, so here's what else I put. I'm trying my best to listen to more of what God has to say instead of what I think. Anybody with me? So I told Donna last night, and we were, they were a bunch of people here, and thank all of you that were here. So many people volunteered to help take on all the Christmas decorations. Listen, that just doesn't happen by chance, by the way. You know, just, you know, no, it doesn't happen. But I told her when we finished up late and, and we were getting ready to leave, and and she says, you, got, you ready for tomorrow? And I said, yeah, it's 212 pages long. She about passed out. I think about two, I, honestly, there's about 12 pages I left out. Because when I listen to God, He speaks. And God speaks until He quits or you quit listening. And most of the time in my life, what I've discovered is, is that I quit listening. And I need to do better than that. And I apologize that for that. 
to you, the congregation as well. I won't keep you till after dinner anyway. Here we go. For some of you, you have waited long enough. You would really like to know what that's like to get on board. Well, here's an easy thing. Just get on board. Give it a shot. See what you like. Discover for yourself. Now, I understand and realize that everyone is not cut from the same cloth, same fiber. No way. But every Christian is born again. Every Christian is a new creation in Christ Jesus. Give me an amen. amen. That's important in our lives. Now, so what I would say is God made you, and if you are His, He has a plan for your life. Of course, you know I'm going to go to Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Now, you might look at that verse, and you might simply say, and this is what people, yeah, that's good, but that's great, but I don't know what His plan is. I hear that a lot. But listen to this. You may not know what His plans are, but never forget, He does know what His plans are for your life. So what is the key? Just stay close to the one who does know the plan. That's why the coach calls the quarterback over. If they're playing football, calls the quarterback. He's not sticking to the plan. Who makes the plan? Unless he's, I don't know, whoever, but some great quarterback that's out there. Most of the time, the coach says, you do what I tell you to do. Sometimes they got an audible, and sometimes that doesn't work out so well. If it works out great, they're a genius. If not, they're on the bench. But let me, let me tell you about a guy. I'm going to give you a couple kudos here. And it's not to embarrass anybody. Let me tell you about a guy named and, and Dean Ellis. Now, Dean Ellis is one of our members here. Dean retired a few years ago. I think like 35 years ago or something now. But... Uh, <laughs> Dean retired a few years ago, and so, so he comes to me, and he simply says these words. These, these true stories, okay? He comes to me, and he simply says, I want to get involved in something. He's a hiker. He climbs the mountains, all this stuff, you know, Mount Everest, whatever the case is, and all of that. But he comes to me and says, I want to get involved in something. I want to be involved more now that I'm retired. That's great, man. Let's talk. So we began. One thing led to another, and so on and so forth. I introduced him to missions work. Roger Wood was pulling really double duty and deacons at that time in two areas. And so we, we, we talked to Dean about that. And Dean, one of the things, one thing led to another. And most people, when they come to me and visit with me of that, they, they oftentimes just shut down. They, they don't take what you are trying to impart to them or trying to help them with. Not Dean. So Dean takes it up on the offer. But what he did in the, all this process um, he takes this challenge and he goes to Ecuador. In other words, he's stepping outside of this box of comfort. He didn't know if this is a thing that's for his life and this is something he's going to like to do or not like to do. I don't know. But he's dreaming big and he's trusting God for something. And he is now the deacon over our missions program and goes down to Ecuador every year for us and is doing a fine job as all of our deacons here are at Western Hills. Don't you think that's awesome? Give him a round of applause. But the reason why I say that not too much. We don't want anything to feel like it. But, but in it, and I say that for this, is what do you want for your goals in 2019? What do you want to come past? What do you want that, that I, what do you, what can get you plugged into? What is it out there for you? Here is a real simple rule to help you, not to dis necessarily to discover that, but to have that come to pass in your life. Here it is. It's quite simple. Walk closely with Jesus. Walk closely with Jesus. 
a daily walk with Jesus, not a now and then, not every once in a while, but a daily walk with Jesus, stay in Him and do what He prompts you, the Spirit prompts you to do. Keep your vision, your eyes on Him, and dream big. All right. For instance, the coach is going to say this. This is what I would say, and I inserted this one. The coach will emphasize this. All of you in this room that have children, dance, recitals, or, or whether they're playing instruments, whether they're playing football, baseball, basketball, soccer, tiddlywinks, whatever. And I'm telling you, some of you, all of them, some of you don't even know what tiddlywinks are. That dates us. Anybody know what tiddlywinks are? You're old. All right. <laughs> But here's one thing that all of you parents do. Now listen closely, this is important. This is one thing that all of you parents do, no matter what your kids are involved in, grandkids are involved in. You get them to practice. Don't you? You get them to practice because you know that the coach requires that they be there for practice. And it's important. Show up for practice or you won't be ready for the game. Secondly, the coach. The coach gets the team together, and somehow he's talking with his assistant coaches, and he's saying, we got to get these boys fired up. we got to get them excited about the game itself. we got to have some excitement from within, I'm saying. There's an excitement. we got to get them fired up. It's in the huddle. Did you ever see the basketball players, and, uh, and, and they come together, and they're they put their hands in this, ready, one, two, three, break, and they make this big, huge noise. You know what really bothers me is when they put in, break. I'm just like a coach, time out, get over here, sit on a bench. I'm going to get five guys that can say, break, because there's something about that. It means we're together in this thing. Let's go fight, win. That's not just for the cheerleaders to say. It's important in our lives. The other day I was watching TV just for a little bit, you know, skipping through channels. And I happened to come on a, a sports station. And you know who was playing? Girls basketball, college. Baylor and UConn. Now, if you don't know anything about girls basketball, college basketball, this is it. UConn, everybody else. Seriously. Isn't that right, guys? There are ladies if you watch it. Well... Most teams that play UConn realize <laughs> it's just going to be a slaughter because it usually is. I think it was 126 games straight. Think about 126 games straight. We ain't got no hope, man. Ain't nothing going to be for us. So the Baylor coach just comes out and says, girls, just go out there and do your best. Don't worry about anything else. We're going to lose anyway. No, 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 no. They got excited. I turned in about a minute and two minutes to go in that game. And I'm going to tell you, Baylor beat UConn. And they were ecstatic. They were excited. And they didn't care who saw them celebrate because they were excited about the victory that they won. People should see us celebrate because the victory has been won in Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. Go ahead. That's all right. Applause doesn't bother me. It certainly doesn't bother God. All right. I'm going to get stirred up here, but here we go. 222 pages will never happen. All right. Psalms 37.4. Here's another one for you. Now, here's another. Just learn this, and you'll... you'll, you'll Learn something. 
take delight in the Lord, (laughs) and He will give you the desires of your heart. Now, you want the desires of your heart. Understandable. God understands your heart. He knows your heart is, in most cases, your heart is for things you want. Did you know that? I want a new car. That's a desire. I want a new house. Desire. I want new uh, vacation. All, all desires that all of us have because we're human. We like those things. But notice in this the desires of your heart. The way the desires of your heart comes to pass is by taking delight in the Lord. Now the word delight here, and I want to mention this real quick, but the word delight here means, if you look it up, it means to please someone greatly. It means there's an excitement from within for you to do for someone else in such a wonderful way. It's to do or to please someone else greatly. Here's the key for your success. Who is it that you are to please? And the church says, God. Make sense? Sure it is. Now watch. How do you please Him greatly? How do you please Him greatly? You praise Him with your lips. So Kyle's singing and he's giving us these things. Are you praising Him with your lips? But you also will discover that He is the desire of your heart. He's the desire of your heart. Not the car. Not the house. Necessary. You have one, two, six. You see where I'm coming from? Now watch. In this, you have the desires of His heart in your heart. The, the Scripture says in Luke 10, what? It says that you are to love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You know what that does? That leaves out you. It's filled with nothing but for God. I am not at that level yet. Anybody? But I am trying and I want this year to be a better year than last year. I want my desires to be His because when I get closer to Him, I learn His desires and they now become my desires, not my wants. Things change in your life. Someone saying this, well, you hear this all the time. Every year I hear this from somebody. Well, 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 I don't think it's going to be a very good year. No, it's going to be a bad year. Woe is me, it's raining, sun's shining, it's dark outside at night. Do you know what I say? Well, let me back up. Do you know what I like to say to most people that tell me that? What Donna tells me when I get that Bob Davidson look on my face, that grumpy, dumpy, lumpy look on my face, you know what she says? Snap out of it. Yeah. Snap out of it. I'm like, she don't even have to tell me why anymore. In fact, she don't even have to say snap out of it anymore. All she has to say is Bob. (laughs) My middle name is Robert, named after my father, which we called Bob, or everybody did. I called him Dad, but nonetheless. Listen to me. Jesus Christ is still the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. That's right. He is still on his throne. And if you can't get fired up for who your king is, then you have a relationship problem with God that needs to be worked on. 
As Christians, we have the fire of the Holy Spirit. And that fire has to be allowed to be fanned into fuel to burn within us that our whole desire is to please God first. Before anything we do, before I buy that new car, am I pleasing God first? Am I doing all that I can for God first? That's a hard one to learn. To fan in the flame, 2 Timothy 1, 6, for the reason I remind you to fan in the flame, the gift of God. We were at our sister-in-law's, or my sister-in-law's house, Donna's sister, in Kentucky. They have a beautiful amount in the country, and they have a wood-burning furnace. And my brother-in-law periodically would have to go down to the basement, and he'd have to stoke that fire. What most of us in this room, we just, or now we just type it in our phone. But to get a real fire going, somebody's got to start that up, and then somebody's got to fan that flame. Somebody's got to stoke that fire a little bit. And that's what sometimes we need as Christians. We need to fan in the flame the gift of God. Someone's saying, holy moly, well, what's a gift of God? Truth is, some of you have... have I'm going to close here just a minute. Hang on. Some of you have a gift that you haven't opened for Christmas. You haven't done it. You've refused to open the gift that's left. Let's say that you're putting all your Christmas decorations. Ours are still up. You come by our house. There's only one on the block that's still lit up at night. They'll be down about July. Uh, when I can get Don up there to take them down, it'll be down. All right. But nonetheless, I don't know what's going on here. But <laughs> let's say that you're putting up all the decorations and you find this gift. It's got your name on it. And it wasn't opened. What would you do? A, pack it along with all the other stuff and put it in the attic. That's not a very good idea if it's a bunch of bananas, right? Or two, that's a Home Alone thing, two, would you rip that sucker open and say, I can't wait to see what's in there. I'll tell you what I'd do. I'd rip that dude open. If it's from my grandson, I want to see what my grandson has for me. Wow, he thought of me. You know what my grandson got me this year? He got me this ink pen. It says, if I can get out of my pocket. Man, I need a new suit. Number one, Grandpa. <laughs> Sorry, all you grandpas, you're number two. <laughs> so I want to see what it is there. Well, listen to me. Some of you, truth is, some of you are and have been putting the gift from God to you back in the attic year after year after year after year. And I will finish with this, guys. And I will do that, Jesse, but we'll finish right here. You've wanted to open it, but you haven't opened it. You've just put it off. To start something fresh and new for your life, something that you've gone through that's hurt you badly, and you know you need to open that gift once again to, from God. Let me tell you a real quick story about another guy here at the church that put it off. I respect him highly, love him much, Leon Shetler. Leon Shetler... For many years, he wanted to surrender his life to the Lord and experience the new birth, but he put it off over and over again. I came here in 1993, and this was 1997. In 1997, he made a commitment. At the beginning of the year, he said, I've made my mind up, and I'm going to do it this year. Well, January, passed by, nothing. February, gone. Summer came and went. Fall slipped away. Now Christmas had come and gone. But I believe it was the last day, if not the day before the last day of 1997. He said to himself, he said these words. I love this guy. He said, 
I've said I was going to do it this year, and if I'm going to do it this year, i got to do it now. And he did. And he became a child of God. He became a brother in Christ Jesus. And he now is one of our finest deacons that we have. We have many, but he is just wonderful in the kingdom of God because he didn't put it off any longer. He opened the gift. Isn't that awesome? Some of you haven't opened the gift. Some of you have opened the gift because you see, God gives you, all of us, a gift at our baptism. Oh, I love my God. Amen? In Acts chapter 2, it tells us that. He mentions it over and again in Scripture, but in here he tells us about that. He says, I've given you this gift. We want to emphasize the baptism, which is fine. We need our sins washed away, as we sang in the song today. We need our sins removed. Hallelujah. But then he gives us a gift while we're here. And many churches just pass it by as though that's a misprint. It's not a misprint. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. If that doesn't excite you, I don't know what will. That's what makes us different than the world. We have God in us. God sent His Son to us. Emmanuel, God with us. Wonderful, marvelous. But Jesus is the one that said, when He went, was going back to heaven after His death, burial, and resurrection, He said, it's better for me to go than to stay because now God's going to send the other to not be with you, but to be in you. Big difference. Big difference. Oh, I have so much more to say, but I would say this. If you haven't opened the gift, open it, my friend. Jesus is with outstretched arms. He's saying, take the gift that I offer, the gift I offer of eternal life. If you don't know Jesus, just say, Jesus, I don't know you, but I want to know you more. I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. I believe that you went to a grave. I believe that you rose from the dead. And I know that they paid for all of my sins. Experience that in your life. Then he's going to remove your sins and then he's going to place within you. He takes something out. He takes the sin out so he can put himself in. Why? Because God has no place where sin is. So you can rejoice in that. Some of you have already done that. You've already received that. You've already expressed that in your life. But for some reason, you've let more and more of the world pour in. God wants you to open that gift of forgiveness once again. There's no better time than the first week of January. To say, God, here I am once again. Once again, I'm finding myself at the end of my ropes and I am just not what I want to be or need to be. I have failed. I repent of that. I confess my sins to you. And when you do, my friend, listen to me. When you do, it's refreshing. All your sins are then gone. Doesn't mean everything will be perfect, but you're back on the right path, what God wants you to be. Whatever your need is today, we stand ready to help you today. So let us do that as together we stand and sing. You come.